Hello, everyone. My name is Ian Rowe. And I'm Nike Fajors. And welcome to The Invisible Men, where we make the achievements of incredible men invisible no more. Hello, uh, my name is Ian Rowe, a resident fellow at the American Enterprise Institute, and welcome to The Invisible Men. Hello, I'm Nike Fajors, uh, a member of the Leadership Network at AEI. And Nike and I, Nike, great to see you. Very excited for us to be here, for us to be here uh, talking about the Invisible Men and the idea of Black excellence. And we are always excited to feature uh, individuals who embody uh, Black excellence, not only in their own lives, but those who are helping the next generation discover the pathways through which they can become excellent themselves. So we're very excited to have Will Crossley, uh, who heads a fantastic school that you may never have heard of, uh, the Pineywood School, which I'm very uh, thankful that we can introduce our listeners to this great institution. So Will, welcome to The Invisible Men. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what Pineywoods is all about? Oh, absolutely. Thank you, uh, uh, Ian and, and Nike. I'm so excited uh, to be uh, on with you today and share with you uh, what we're doing at our school, uh, what our young people uh, are doing uh, here, um, and a little bit about uh, why, we do this, uh, why we do this work. And so thank you for having me on. Yeah, excellent. So, so where are you right now, Will? You know, we're at the beginning of school. You lead Piney Woods. T tell us what, what, what. First of all, what is Piney Woods? Where are you, and how are things going as you are now opening for the school year? Yeah. So, uh, Piney Woods School it is um, an historically African American uh, boarding prep program uh, in rural Mississippi, um, in the Deep South, and we began. Uh, 111 years ago wow. uh, with the idea of investing in um, young uh, uh, African-Americans uh, who were looking to improve their own life and their own circumstances. And in many ways, that's the work we continue to do today. Um, Lawrence C. Jones, who started our school, uh, had come down from Iowa. He was a rare college-educated African-American and really set the tone for, um, for excellence here on the campus um, that we hope that our student, students will embody um, and which we all try to embody uh, as, a part of the, as a part of the community here. So I'm here, I'm on the campus uh, with uh, our young people. We uh, have invited them uh, back uh, to campus uh, for this fall. And we're really excited um, to have our young people. They come to us from over 20 states and several foreign jurisdictions. It's a really wonderful, uh, diverse group of, of African, Caribbean, African-American uh, young scholars. Wow, and what grades does Pineywood serve? Yeah, so we, we have students from grades uh, eight through 12, uh, roughly ages 13 to 18. Um, we were um, historically K through 12, and um, we reopened, um, we, we shrunk to 9 to, through 12, and then we reopened because we wanted to make some opportunities for students who were a little bit younger uh, to, to, to come to our school. I have found that if we begin 
um, uh, training our young people to be self-disciplined and to uh, strive for excellence. Um, at the earliest ages, um, they have those tools with them for life. Yeah, when I was running my charter school network, I had a phrase, start early with the end in mind. Yes. And you can imbue those kinds of uh, principles of self-discipline, self-regulation. Uh, yeah, the earliest ages, it makes all the difference in the world. And so before Nike uh, asks uh, his first question, what's your personal connection to, uh, to Piney Woods? Oh, well, you know, my story uh, really is the Piney Woods school story. Um, Piney Woods school started here in rural Mississippi. Um, really with uh, one man and uh, one student um, on a fallen log, uh, teaching him how to read. Um, and now uh, our campus stretches some 2,000 acres and includes forest and a 250-acre demonstration farm, which we use in our, in our educational program uh, and more. Um, and so it was really a school that started um, a lot very much on passion, uh, very much on determination and perseverance. And uh, in many ways, that's my own story. I, um, uh, when I was 13 years old, uh, I got a scholarship to come to school here. I've been born on the south side of Chicago um, in uh, fairly humble circumstances uh, between, the, between kindergarten and the seventh grade. Uh, I changed schools at least seven times wow. uh, because our family was constantly moving. My mother searching for a better place for myself and I have three sisters. And, um, and then I got a chance to come here and I came here in the eighth grade and uh, had stability from the eighth grade through the 12th grade. And it was, it was an experience that changed my life. It, it allowed me um, to go to the University of Chicago as an undergraduate student. And I'm from Inglewood, a neighborhood of Chicago. Uh, most people from Inglewood, and I, as I didn't growing up, know um, much about what the University of Chicago is, much less get an opportunity to go to school there. Um, and so that was, that was frankly unheard of. Uh, but, but then Harvard University and University of Virginia for law school, I practiced law and uh, and then I got a call inviting me to come back. And uh, this uh, was an opportunity um, that, that I knew I could not, um, I, I knew I could not turn down. And so uh, I am privileged really um, to be able to serve uh, in this capacity. The first, uh, the first alumnus uh, to serve as head of uh, Piney Wood School. It's, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to do so. Well, who, who was it? Who was it that said we need to send this young man down to Piney Woods? Who had that vision? <laughs> uh, well, that, I, I suppose my mother um, was perhaps the uh, the biggest influence behind it. But you know, we learned about the school through our church, and uh, someone in the church shared it with my mother and with my aunt. And you know, quite frankly, the schools in Chicago. Um, were not schools where uh, my uh, mom had a lot of uh, faith that, um, you know, uh, I was going to be successful. Uh, that, that wasn't the record. Um, and so she wanted to put me in a space that was going to have the highest expectations of me. 
and offered me stability and opportunity. And that's, and that's what Piney Woods did. So as, as eighth grade, Will, when they told you you're, you're heading down to Mississippi for the next number of years, what was your, what was your initial reaction to that? So I, I was actually, I was actually really excited about coming to school here until uh, my parents got back in their vehicle and began to drive this, uh, my mom and her sister, my aunt, um, they got back in their vehicle and began to drive off the campus. And I realized I wasn't going with them. <laughs> and, uh, and suddenly the fear set in and, um, and I realized I'd have to figure out how to make it, how to make it on my own. And, and it was not easy. I must say, uh, initially it was not, uh, but you know, we embrace our students here and I was embraced and um and and it was a good result in the end yeah i love i love the philosophy that you've developed uh hearts head and hands what is yeah. that about i love that yeah so we talk a lot about educating the whole child head heart and hands uh and um you know we believe in um experiential learning here uh but uh, Lawrence Jones, who started the school, was, he was also um, a follower of folks uh, like uh, W.B. Du Bois and, um, and, and Booker T. Washington. And so he believed in educating the mind, for sure, but he also knew the reality of African-Americans in the Deep South. Um, many of them needed a trade in order to be successful in, um, in, in, in the communities in which they lived. Um, uh, many uh, African-American communities uh, here in Mississippi and, and across the South um, were somewhat self-sufficient in those days. And so if you had a trade, you could essentially start your own business. And uh, we produced um, a number of folks who were on the one hand, you know, kind of teachers and school administrators um, who were investing um, in, in the mines, but we also produced a lot of people who you know, started construction companies and plumbing companies and, and um, you know, uh, car service um, uh, body shops. And, uh, and so um, a, a true sort of entrepreneurial spirit, um, I think, is born out of this notion of educating um, the head, uh, the hands, and the heart, uh, educating the whole child, if you will. It's so interesting. That well, go ahead, thank you. Well, no, I, you know, so I heard Du Bois, I heard uh, Booker T. Washington. You know, we, we occasionally do something called the, the speed round uh, on, on the podcast. And so I'm going to just give you a couple of names. You tell me which one, you know, you lean towards and kind of why. So we'll, we'll start with Martin or Malcolm. Uh, I have to choose Martin. Uh, he was uh, uh, a childhood hero. And, um, and I think his, um, his approach um, is one that aligns more with me personally, so. Very good. And you mentioned Du Bois, so let's go Du Bois or Garvey? Um, I go with Du Bois. Um, uh, he, um, uh, well, I went to Harvard, you, you all went to Harvard, so. <laughs> <laughs> We'll pick a fellow alum, but no, I think I think um, the you know empowerment of the mind, 
um, is, is huge for me and allows us to make our way in the world. And, um, and, and so I think his, his efforts here, you know, I don't know, it's tough because um, he, he also had his own um, journey um, uh, with Africa. So, uh, but I'll pick the boys. Very good. And then two, two, two tent poles, economic development or civil rights? Uh, well, I'm not sure you have success unless you have both. And so um, uh, is there a middle ground on, uh, on the two? Or I have to pick one. You got to pick one. I'll choose civil rights. I'll choose civil rights. I was a civil rights lawyer for many years. And, um, and so I'll pick, I'll pick my own personal uh, experience. Very good. And the last one, Jim Brown or Muhammad Ali? <laughs> uh, well, let's, let's go with the champ. Uh, Muhammad Ali uh, stood very strongly uh, on uh, principles of, of what he believed and never gave up um, uh, to the very end. And so uh, that, kind of, um, uh, that, 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 that kind of fortitude is something that I try to model in my own work. Very good. Will, I, I was struck by uh, the stories that you were just talking about, um, the level of entrepreneurship, you know, you know, many years ago in the early stages of, of Piney Woods, it was almost as if the inventiveness in the black community in particular had to exist because there were so many legal restrictions. There was a, there was a level of inventiveness, of innovation, of entrepreneurship that you cite what do you think what's what do you think is required to spark that same kind of inventiveness that innovation in today's era amongst young black people and people of all races frankly this idea of self-reliance it seems like it was it was born out of necessity you know 100 years ago yeah. with the legal restrictions and now with many of those legal restrictions gone how do we spark that same level of we can do this we can do this yeah, so I talk to students here um, a, a lot about uh, what I call the three C's um, that they uh, will be um, curious, creative, and constructive. Intellectually curious, uh, that they will um, that, that they'll question, right? They'll investigate um, and um, and and wonder um, and discover. Um, and so, um, and so I think that's one of the, um, one of the principles, um, uh, that we, we give them space here to be creative and, um, and really to, to grow and uh, develop their own creativity. And so whether that's through our project-based learning or through our arts programs, uh, we have plenty of opportunities for that. But then also important that um, uh, we show them how to take what may be in, in their minds from a point of creativity and uh, trans translate it into something constructive um, that will allow them to engage the world and the world to engage with them uh, on, on whatever that thing is. And so, um, so those, those are the underpinnings of the uh, sort of project-based, inquiry-based uh, curricula that we have um, uh, here at Piney Woods. Um, and so you mentioned self-sufficiency. It's a part of that. Uh, we, um, we have a demonstration farm here. All of our students participate 
um, in, in helping us to work the farm. But we also use the farm to teach our students about entrepreneurship. And so um, we sometimes sell goods into market. We sold into our, our local Whole Foods and, and local co-op uh, here, wow. um, organically grown piney woods fruits and vegetables. But we also believe in, you know, from the field to the fork. And so our students grow some of what they eat. And all of that's um, in an effort to teach our students about self-sufficiency and, um, and, and the importance of uh, being uh, both financially uh, uh, self-sufficient, um, as well as self-sufficiency as a principle as a way of living. Uh, and so, um, uh, so all, all of that uh, comes together in sort of a whole package that we use um, to pursue that head, heart, and hands education that we talked about. Well, Will, it's really inspiring to speak to you. I mean, you're an institution that for generations has already declared that Black Lives Matter, right? and you've been cultivating that next generation of excellence. You know, uh, 30 years ago, Nike and I, when we were at Harvard Business School together, we birthed uh, this idea of The Invisible Men. It was a film uh, where we gathered different uh, black men from the various Harvard graduate schools to provide advice to an imaginary 16-year-old uh, young kid named Daryl who lived in forgotten USA, just an imaginary urban city who was facing a host of challenges uh, and that the whole idea was for us to provide advice to Daryl for how he could make his way in the world. And so with all the challenges today that young uh, black men are facing, the issues that many of us are coping with, police brutality, the lack of opportunity, or in fact, sometimes maybe opportunities, but maybe not known to them. Any words of wisdom as we close that you'd want to provide to Daryl, um, given that there are many Daryls around the country, uh, of all races, frankly, who need counsel about how to build that same kind of self-sufficiency that you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, so just listening to you talk, I, you know, I recognize in, in some ways, um, you know, I, I am Daryl, right? And, um, and, and I was fortunate to be able to come to school here uh, because someone invested in, um, in, in my education and, and we, all of our students receive a scholarship here. And so uh, I, I'd invite um, uh, folks to uh, visit us online at pineywoods.org. You can invest in, in, in our young people because we're educating young people just like Daryl. Uh, so I, I really do believe that I am probably speaking to Daryl every day. Um, and what, what I say to um, our Daryls at Piney Woods um, is, is pretty simple. I, I, I charge them um, to not just dream, um, but dream big. Um, have big dreams. And I charge them further that um, they owe themselves uh, a big dream because achieving that big dream is their rightful place in the world. Um, and um, someone spoke that into me when I was a student here. I think we all owe it to our young people um, to speak life into them and speak 
the life of the dreams that they have of those dreams being reality. And so, um, so I invite Daryl also to go online and look us up, tinywoods.org and, and apply to that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe one day he can make it, uh, to be the president and, and the headmaster of, uh, of the Pineywood School himself. I'd gladly step aside. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, Will, thank you very much. Um, you know, you, as we say, you embody the idea of black excellence, not the idea, the reality of black excellence and putting more young people on the path to the, in that journey. And so thank you very much for joining us. Uh, once again, my name is Ian Rowe, uh, of a resident fellow of American Enterprise Institute. Thank you, Will. That was fantastic. Appreciate your yeah. time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Invisible Men. Thank you for watching another episode of The Invisible Men. You can find other episodes at the AEI podcast channel on YouTube, or the website invisible.men, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.